What is up, my friends? Welcome to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where I interview incredible fathers, gaining wisdom from their stories for you and I to grow in our craft. I'm your guide, Ned Shout, father to five kiddos currently ages 8 to 15, and husband to my rad wife, Sarah, working on our 17th year of marriage. So yep, I'm in the thick of it, the adventure of fatherhood. And I'm working daily to rebel against the low expectations for fathers and create a world where fatherhood matters. You and I have the greatest opportunity to impact our world through the way we embrace our fatherhood role. I believe the role of the father is to serve, guide, provide, protect, and to have fun in the messiness of it all. I'm so excited for you to meet today's guest, Seth Garten. Our conversation is deep, it is rich, it is vulnerable, it is real, and there's a few ahas I had in there. And they are, one is you show up for your kids. You show up and you go and you do the work to be the man that your kids need. You show up every day and you do the work with the tools that you have. And if you don't have some tools, you go gain those skills so that you can show up for them. And a huge aha, something that Seth said was your kids are worth your time and they need to see that. And that is really one of the only things that they need to see is that when you show up, you're showing up present because they are worth your time. Enjoy this incredible story and conversation with my friend, Seth. All right, welcome to the Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. Stoked to be sitting in the treehouse with Seth Garten. Seth, how are you? I'm good, Ned. Thanks, man. Good yeah. to be here. Yeah, bro, it's good. Um, we've been chatting, hanging out. We are in the treehouse right now, so you're probably going to hear a little wind, maybe some birds chirping, but it's uh, the beginning of summer, so we don't want to <laughs> roast in here. Right. And we just finished a workout and left the CrossFit gym and came over here to uh, talk fatherhood. Good times. Good times. Yeah, man. It's going to be good. Yeah. Um, all right. I want to jump right into it because cool. I know that we've got some good stuff to talk about. Uh, how old are you today? Right now, I'm 39 years old. 39? Hitting that 40s coming, yeah, huh? Yeah, July. Okay, July. so it's around, so right the, around corner. the corner. Okay. Totally. When's your birthday? July 9th. Okay. <clears throat> I'm July 4th, so we're close. Oh, sweet. Um, how many years have you been married? Uh, two and a half. I'll be married three years in March. So just over two, somewhere in there. Okay. And how many kids do you have? I got two kids. I have an 18 year old son and a 13, well, almost 13 year old daughter. Oh man. Yeah. Two like, <laughs> yeah, pivotal moments. It's oh, crazy. Yeah. Gosh. One's, one's becoming a young lady and the other one is literally a young man going out into this world. So yeah, it's, it's quite an exciting time in our household right now. Yeah, no doubt. We're talking like, right. We we're talking before we got here, just the fact that we've tried and tried, you know, not tried and tried, but talked about doing a podcast. And then the week that we're going to have a podcast, you are, you know, you have a 13 year old daughter, big deal, 18 year old son, and he's graduating high school this weekend. Totally. Yeah. Graduating high school and turning 18 all in the same weekend. Uh, So the timing of how this podcast came for this week and this weekend was, um, it was special. It was yeah. a special week to to have this conversation. Yeah, bro. Cause you're like definitely in, cause I know you're a great dad and intentional with your life is that you're like already in this zone of, yeah. oh my gosh, like <laughs> yeah, this totally. life. So we get to dig into that. that yeah. Um, okay. Let's see here. What do you do for a living? Uh, my wife and I own a CrossFit gym. Just got done with the workout. Yep. We've been doing that uh, coming up on like eight, nine years. Um Love it. it. It's just something special. So 
Yeah, it's definitely, I always fought against it um, for whatever reason. Probably my rebellious pride. <laughs> yeah, and totally. then joined like <laughs> six or seven months ago and the community. It's like, dude, it's like cheers. Everybody knows your name. 100%. Everybody's like 100%. encouraging each other. Yeah. And dude, and you're getting your ass handed to you by like a 62 year old lady. <laughs> yeah, you're looking over right. like, what the it's hell? humbling, isn't it? <laughs> so oh my God. Yeah. yeah. It's, so good, it's a good dude. thing though. It's a good thing though. It teaches you a lot about yourself. It teaches you about discipline, hard work, um, how much you're willing to push yourself to that limit if you can find it. And if you can't, uh, either way, that journey brings so much growth internally that it's hard to get anywhere else. It seems like you thrive in that environment. So you're 39. Yeah. You've been doing it since you were 30, 31 years old. 31, 32. Yeah. Um, so was there something there that allowed you to take like your leadership and your encouraging personality and, and do something different there? Like, was there a shift there? Cause it seems like you thrive in that environment. That's a really good question. Um, when I started CrossFit, I was like the furthest thing from health. Hmm. Uh, my older brother talked me into doing it actually. Uh, and I had a lot of things that needed to go through, um, changing and morphing into like a different person and CrossFit was that way for me. Mm. Uh, in my opinion, and I know this is super cliche in this CrossFit world, but it literally saved my life, um, with other things. But when my brother finally talked me into getting into the gym, um, I had no idea I was any of the things that you just mentioned. I was always like family oriented and I was always there for my friends and family if they needed me. But as a leader or as um, somebody who guides people on health and fitness journeys, I, I had no idea that that's what I was stepping into. For me in that moment, it was something to get me out of the life or get me on a better uh, path than I was on at the time. And that's all I was focused on at the time was just becoming a different person internally. Um, I wasn't thinking about owning a gym. I wasn't thinking about coaching CrossFit. I was just thinking about becoming a better version of myself. Mm. And it gave me that outlet and it gave me that ability to uh, learn all those things that you mentioned about myself. And then was there a point where you realized, Hey, this is something that I would want to lead people through. Absolutely. Um, it was probably six months in. Oh, I really, yeah, I was doing CrossFit at Auburn CrossFit, great little gym here in Auburn, California. Um, that's where I started CrossFit dude named Elijah owned it at the time. Super, super chill guy. Um, kind of just like welcomed me in and, um, it was just this thing that gave me the ability to like push my limit and, and find out what I was actually made of. Mm. Um, and through that experience, about six months into that, I realized like if I could do this and change my life the way that I've been changing my life, I want to give this experience to as many freaking people as I possibly can. Uh, because I know that there's more people out there in this world that are in the position that I was in, right. as opposed to being on this like awesome journey where you're discovering right. yourself. Right. So there was that, that was that instant in about six months, seven months. I could, I mean, maybe it's a little bit less, maybe it's a little bit more, but it was as clear as day. I just wanted to give people the same thing that it gave to me. Hmm. Dude, that's pretty powerful. 
Yeah. It, because it, it, it even gives me a little bit more light. Like when I, when I step into your spot, when I see the group of people that's there, just to have an understanding, like there's just an eclectic group of people from totally. all walks of life. Totally. It's not like, you know, I don't know why I had this envision of like you show up and it's everybody looks and acts a certain way. <laughs> yeah, and it's just totally. not like that at all. Well, that's what you see on Instagram. Right, right. right. Throw you, you know, they show you on social so media. That's, that's cool because you've taken that and then you've brought it to you. You're just open to whoever comes through that you can help put them on the path or be a, be a guide on whatever path they're on. That's yeah. Cool. I think that that ties into who I am now as a Christ follower as well. Um, like CrossFit, God, family, all of those things are intertwined for me. Uh, and as as a follower of Christ, as a follower of Christ, we're supposed to be there to serve other people. Yeah. And we're supposed to be there to accept other people, no matter what they believe or no matter what their walk of life is. We're not here to judge people. We're here to guide people. We're here to walk through this crazy world with those people and show them that it's okay if you don't fit the status quo of like what you look like, how much money's in your bank, this, that, or the other. We're just all, at least at our gym, we're all there just to be better than we were the day before, yeah. whether it's physical, mental, emotional, those things all tie into each other as well. Yeah. Um, and in our, and I, and I only can refer to our gym because I haven't really like traveled to a lot of other CrossFit gyms in my nine years of doing CrossFit, but in our community, that's what we try to like build the most is, is exactly that, like a family atmosphere where no matter what you are, no matter who you are, no matter what you look like, what you what you believe in, none of it matters when you walk through the doors at EMCF. All that matters is that you're there with the best attitude that you can have for that day, and you're willing to do whatever we have on the board for that day. It's awesome. I feel a little crappy because I've been there, I don't know, maybe it's in six months, and I'll have somebody just walk, oh, hey, what's up, Ned? And I'm like, I have never seen you before <laughs> in my life. I don't know who you are. So whatever you're doing is 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 good. It's Thank good. you. Thank yeah. you. So that leads me into question of role of the father. You know, so when you think about you, we're talking about roles, we're talking about life, we're talking about your values. When you think about the role of the father, and that may have changed for you over the years, but what do you think the role of the father is? Uh, to protect, to provide, um, to encourage your kids to be whatever they want to be to support them. There's so many things that I think a father should at least try to get to, I guess. Um, but those are some of the big things for me is like, always be there for your kids, no matter if you agree with them or not. So what does um, that mean? Give me, I mean, clearly you have an 18 year old, yeah. 13 year old. So you've, you've crossed this bridge where, you know, at three years old, that sounds like a great thing to say, <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm totally. going to be there for my kid, whatever. <laughs> so where has been moments where you've had to, or is there a moment you've had to do that? Uh, from with my son, as, as men get older, or boys, they go through this crazy like transition. Um, and that was a hard period for us just because like you have a man who's trying to do the best by his family. Yeah. And then you have this boy who's trying to like figure out how to be a man. Yeah. Right. And so like there was a lot of butting heads in those moments because he starts pushing back and I'm like trying to lay the thumb down over, you know, and you try to like that, that for me was like the biggest struggle. Um, if he were here, 
What would he say about that struggle? If he was here, um, man, that <laughs> that's a loopy one. I think he would say that it gave us the ability to have the relationship we have right now. Which Pure, trust. Pure trust. Pure trust. Pure uh, trust. No judgment. Huh. He can be open and honest with me about absolutely anything. Um, how is it that you don't? How is it that you don't put maybe a value or a, this is what our family looks like or whatever it might be onto him where he's fully able to be himself, but still holding maybe to the family values? Like maybe that he is holding to some values that still like put the family out there. I don't know. Um, I guess the way that I was raised, it's always family first. And that's the thing that I've been trying to uh, teach my kids the most is like, no matter what, if you were to put your family in a room, uh, and it, this could be outside of blood relatives as well. I have friends who I don't share blood with, but they're just as much a brother to me as, yeah. as one of my blood brothers. Um, whoever, if you put those people in a room, no matter what you do in life, mistakes, goals, achievements, those people are always going to be there. Um, and that's like my goal with, with, with at least him at this age is teaching him that family should always come first, no matter what, and hard work will always get you where you want to be. And those were the things that I was raised in, um, family and hard work. So for, for that specific, like him being 18, me being 39 with an 18 year old, my only hope is that he's willing to put his family first and work hard for whatever he wants in life. Um, and then the rest kind of like figures it out, figures its way out on the way. Yeah. So you say, you know, I first asked you what's the role of father, you know, provide, protect. Those are clearly innate in us. But as you dug into that a bit, it's like providing values. Yeah. You know, protecting to show what matters most. Totally. Protecting from the world to make you think, you know, whatever the world tells you is most important to keep that family unit really, really important. Yeah. Um, those are huge because those are things that are just not as valuable to people anymore. Absolutely. Like my values could change with the wind. Yeah. And my family could be important today and not tomorrow. Like and it seems like that happens a lot. The right? world is totally. showing us. Totally. So those are huge. Those are huge, man. Yeah. Um, okay. As you think about, you know, the different stages of fatherhood, what were some of the really key resources for you? Um, especially, you know, having a kid, you said you were 21, yeah, right? So that's pretty young. I was a kid having a kid, a kid having a kid. Um, yeah. my resources were my family. So like for me, everything revolves around family. And I, and I was raised in that sense where, where that's just it. Um, family first, no matter what. And it, it's, it's just, for me, that's just really like all I try to like teach my children is, is go that route. So how did your family, you know, you have a kid at 21, uh, were you married? I was not. And the, and, and that's why my resource was so much my family. Um, because did that relationship work out or not? Work it out? did not work out. So um, then you were a young dad totally. and you needed your family. Totally. To and she was, you. she was 19. So she was younger than me. Yeah by a couple of years. So we looking back now, we both were like children in right. that moment. You right. Look at your son now and you're like, totally like, dude, I, like, dude, I was a couple years older than right. my son now when I had him. 
And so when I look back, I'm like, I can't, I can't even fathom him having a child right now. He's so young himself. And yeah. that was exactly the age his mom was when she had him. And I was just a couple years younger. So I think for both of us, I don't want to speak for my son's mom, but I know her family well enough to, and I know our history well enough um, to know that her family was as much a resource in raising Jameson as my family was. And I think that's kind of like, the circle, right, is is when it comes to the resource. It was so is your relationship there. with her kosher now? It's always been kosher, Dude, and that's what I that's what I felt like you were going to say, which is gnarly because when you say family matters, family first, it's yeah. all family. We're totally. all her family supports. It's totally. like regardless of all the shit that we 100%. bring to the table. Totally. So it's almost like you're, you realize that everyone's going to have their shit that they bring totally. and then you figure it out with that as well. Yeah. And that's where I think people lose sight now is like, yeah. Oh, you offended me at Thanksgiving. So I'm not going to talk to you <laughs> yeah. for a year or forever. Yeah. And who gets, who gets the shitty end of that stick? The children, the children, dude. right? Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's what I'm most happy about. Um, when it comes to like the raising of my children, my son's mom and I, we, I don't want to make it sound like it was all sunshine and rainbows. No, right? I, I think that's perfect. It was very hard. I'm sure. But we've always been able to raise Jameson with what's best for Jameson first. Now, it's not always been like easy. We've had our issues, but like to this day, we're friends. Like we, I, I mean, our families still hang out with each other, yeah. right? My sisters. So still how do you out. do that? How do you do that? How do you go, this person can rub me the wrong way, but I know that I probably do the same thing. Totally. So is that, is that it? Is that yeah. you acknowledging your own shit too? Well, you have to. Yeah. But some people, people don't, don't right. And I think some people have this huge ego where they put it up and it's like, everything is an offense to me or whatever it may be. So they just like go on the defense and then it creates this huge shit storm between mom and dad and the kids are the one who get the shit. So how have stick. you conquered your ego? Or kept in check or whatever, ego pride. How have you done it where that's not in the uh, way? It's been a struggle, yeah. to be honest with you. I've not always been able to do it. And, and I'm not going to blow smoke up anybody's ass. Like, I still struggle with that to this day. See, I think that's the thing that I've been trying to figure out myself is yeah. that I've thought that there's a destination because I wrestle with the stuff. Yeah. And I feel like it's just now realizing almost frustrated like damn it there is no destination you're no, always gonna wrestle totally and that's i guess just it what is. life and is th about i think when you have two parents and and i can say this for both my kids moms um when you have parents that are only concerned about their, their children's well-being all of the personal drama between the parents mm. seems to kind of like come in line after what's most important for that child right so can that piece be taught? Is that piece an innate thing? Like, cause you just said, did you get lucky that the moms just happened to care too? <laughs> uh, I think it could, I think it can be taught. I think it's better learned. Um, so it's a choice. Totally. Then. I it's think a everything's, choice. A choice. Yeah, everything's a choice. Me, for me, everything's a choice. I could choose to be a piece of shit yeah. and I could dip out on my kids right now. Right. I could, whatever you want to go to college, figure it out yourself. I, I got this little woman living in my house and then, well, it's on your own. I don't know how to do it right No, That's, that's not how it goes, man. Um, 
it's whatever, whatever mom and I have to do to give this child the best opportunity at life, no matter the difference between our bullshit, we have that understanding and that is our foundation period. So it kind of takes away all of the bullshit, right? Like we still have our moments. We still have our arguments. We still have like, is this the right thing? Well, I think this is the right thing. Do you think this is the right thing? That's always going to be there when you're raising children, uh, whether you're married to them or away from them. Right. Um, so I think like being able to get to a point where you can check your own ego and look at it from an outside perspective of like, what am I doing to make this situation better? And what am I doing to make this situation worse? Uh, And then being real enough with yourself to choose what's going to make the situation better. It's not always easy, but it always pays off in the long run. Dude, and I wonder if, as you share that, if more married men with like the kid's mom check out in those conversations more and they just let the mom deal with it versus having a masculine positioned opinion on the situation. I'm not talking like patriarchal, like we got to run this shit a certain (laughs) way. But having a voice in it, you know, like totally. you clearly have a voice in your kids' hundred percent lives, and I and I hope that more men have a voice in their kids' lives at every yeah, stage. At every stage, uh, being willing, <clears throat> excuse me, as a father, we have as a parent. Let, let's take that back. As a parent, you have to be willing to like put your children before you in every instant, and I think that's the hard part that I see in society is that people are so selfish and they just want what's best for them. And they lose sight when maybe they're arguing with their wife or they're maybe they're arguing with their kid's mom or their kid's dad or, or whatever it may be. They start to lose focus on what really matters. And what really matters is like, how are you raising this child? Is this child seeing mom and dad, butt heads constantly all day long those are things that like grown men have to always be looking at and, and always be willing to look at the person in the mirror before you're willing to point the finger at somebody else. Yeah. So talk to me about that for a second. So clearly you had some transformation stuff, you know, eight years ago, started the gym. You had a 10 year old around that time. Totally. And and you said, you know, you always put the kids first, but then you also have to be at some point or at some level. Okay. With the dude in the mirror. Yeah. So where is that where it's like, okay, I know I'm not where I'm supposed to be and I may never fully be there, but how do you invest in yourself and get yourself to a place where then you can be there for your kids? Like, what did that look like for you? Man, that (laughs) that's a, that's a deep question. Um, It took me a long time to be the father I am right now. I had to go through some pretty traumatic experiences throughout all of my life that where I'm at now, looking back, uh, has morphed me into this man that I am today. Mm. Um, 10 years ago, I'm not, I wasn't the person I am today. I was trying to figure that stuff out. So for, for that, it was like, what are you willing to sacrifice for your kids? And what are you willing to not only sacrifice, but what are you willing to do day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, until you get your family where you want your family to be? If you don't know that, you need to start there and you need to figure out like a plan. Do I ask yourself the question, do I want to be the piece of shit that I've been 
or do I want to be this person that I know I can be, but it's going to be really hard. It's going to take a lot of work. I might have to change my friend group. But if you're not willing to make those sacrifices for your kid, then who are you willing to make them for? And for me, that's where it came back to how I was raised. I had to have that conversation with myself in the mirror. And I had to have that conversation with, you know, with my Bible in my hand, talking to God. And the answer was clear as day to me. And it still is clear as day to you work hard and you sacrifice whatever you have to sacrifice to give your kids the life that they deserve. Period. This That's is it. it. This, That's is, this it. is all that matters. Like Totally. You've been given these kids this life and it's not about you. It's no. about how you're pouring into those who you're bringing up. Right? Yeah. Well, they're the future of our, our world, right? Yeah. So if we have a bunch of kids that are running around fatherless, <laughs> look around us. Yeah. If if my son was out doing some of the shit that I see on the TV or when I scroll down Instagram, I would be whooping his ass. Yeah. He wouldn't have to worry about the cops or he wouldn't have to worry about any of the stuff. Like if, if my kid's down rioting or doing whatever, yeah, he's going to have to answer to me because that's not how I'm raising my children. Yeah. Like take some personal so freaking clearly, responsibility. Stuff's going on. There wasn't a dad who was... There and let's just say it, man. That's the reality. That's your role as a dad. Hundred percent. You're, you're, and I know we don't like giving these like super deep identity pieces, but your I don't job mind it. as a dad, <laughs> yeah, we don't we can't be everything to everybody. But your job as a dad is to raise men or raise women to be strong women. Like 100%. my daughters are only going to know what it means to be seen, noticed, and loved. Yeah. If I'm the one who shows them, otherwise some asshole is going to show them the wrong way because yeah. they've been. They've been in their phone without any response, you know, anybody watching over them for since being kids, you know, that's like a, there's just so much poison out there. Yeah, that's a, it's actually a it's a great segue into another I guess you'd call it a revelation. Um 8 8 years ago, 9 years ago, ten, whatever it was, when all this stuff was changing, uh, I had a I still had my daughter, she was very young at the time. Um, and it made me reflect on a lot of things like, who do I want my daughter to choose mm. when she grows up? And you have to think about this stuff. If you're a father and you're not thinking about the image that you're portraying to your child, what are you thinking about? Like that, that kid is growing up looking at you thinking you are like the best thing in the world, Right. So they're going to want to be like you, or they may pick some, some traits from you that they see in another person. And that's who they choose to be with for their entire life. So is there a moment 10 years, I mean, eight, eight, 10 years ago, your daughter's five. Yeah. So is there this, or I guess thir three to five, somewhere in there, somewhere in there, is there some um, sort of realization you had going like, I don't want my daughter to marry who I am today. Totally. Absolutely. Wow. I've, <laughs> that's harsh. It is harsh, but I was, I was in a position in life where I had to look at, at myself, my, my experience prior to, um, pops dying. I call him pops. That's who he was to me. Uh, he was one of the people eight years ago, nine years ago. Who, so this is part of the shift for you. hundred percent. Yeah. Where... This is all like this. This is the crazy thing. It's, I don't want to get anybody confused, but like not eight or nine years ago, so many things happened in such a short amount of time that I had to look at the man in the mirror and I mm. had to start thinking about like, what am I to my daughter? What is she seeing when she looks up at me? What is my son seeing when he looks up at me? So I didn't have a choice to like, 
you know, just think about this on my own. God was like throwing these things at me, you know, like, Like, bam, totally. Like you either figure it out. You either open your eyes, like shake the dust off or you will not be in your kids' lives. Um, So all of these things kind of happened around that same time frame. For my daughter, um, it was easy for me. There's no way in hell I ever wanted to be with somebody who I was back then. Like they were just crystal clear answers. Once I kind of drew the line in the sand, right? Uh, Like I don't ever want to be, I don't ever want my daughter with somebody who drinks every single day, who does drugs every single day, whatever, you know, there's no way in hell I would ever let a dude like I was back then date my daughter now not a chance so do you think that you were just in a bit of a daze you know for the first few years and then all this stuff happened in a six-month window and got your attention and then you said something switched and you're like this is all gonna change uh i don't know if it was a daze i i was so you you were a good dad and you were engaged in their lives yeah. during the time. It yeah, just, I was had still these other things that totally were distractions. So yeah, and I don't want to I don't want to like important. confuse anybody. Yeah. Um, I was in the hospital room both times my kids were mm. born. I've never not been in my kids' lives. Um, I'm also not with either one of my kids' moms. So when you have separated households, there's times where you don't have your kids. There's times where you do have your kids when both parents are involved. Right. And that's the one thing is I have never been like completely absent out of my kids' lives. Never once. And they can tell you the same thing. I've been there from day one. I'll be there till the last day. Yeah. Uh, But that's not saying that I was like who I am now back then. Right. I was 21, 22. I was in my twenties raising children. When I looking back, I was still a child myself. Um, so like those things, those things all had to take its course. And then when I was, when, I, when all that shit went down, it was just like this revelation just happened. Right. And I had to think about all this stuff because the life that I was living that I thought I was getting away with because I was doing certain things when my kids were with me and right. I wasn't doing things when, or I'm sorry, I wasn't doing things when they were with me and I was doing things when they weren't with me. Right. right? I was living two lives, so For to sure. speak. Um, and, and God had enough of that shit. And, and that's kind of how I, I, he just had enough of it. And he was like, this is done. You can make a choice now and you can look at what you're doing and where it's got you. You're, you know, sitting with four felonies over your head, fate, whatever that may be. Or you can really just kind of start turning your life around and making better decisions and see where that goes. Um, and, and like my relationship with, with Christ started then my relationship with all my friends got better. Uh, I had a lot of people like dip out on me, but that's God's way of like shaking the tree and getting rid of all the weeds or all the, the bugs. Well, I think tree, that's a, know? that's a question. It's going to sound Jack, but do you think that you're special and that God was getting your attention or do you think that like the friends, this is a leading question, <laughs> <It's all good. laughs> that the friends who dipped out have the same opportunity, but they just don't take it. I think we're all special in okay. God's well, eyes. You win that one then. <laughs> um, in, in the eyes of God, we're all his children. So right? he, so then he is working to get everyone's attention. Totally. So then what you just have to be it, willing to see it. So then, so if somebody's not willing to see it, what is the thing that made you willing to see it? Burying my best friend. Yeah. Those having to, having to tell his daughter that I just watched mm. what I watched. Yeah. Um, 
if if losing somebody of that importance to you doesn't make you look in the but mirror. But you have a choice there. I mean, you can wake up like you did or you yeah. can just bury yourself deeper into the stuff. Yeah, and it would have felt good in the moment. Trust me. I so then, but there's some sort of responsibility piece. And I think it's innate in all of us. Yeah. It's just, do you, do you take that? And like you said, it's like just one decision after another decision totally. after another decision that are difficult. Um, honestly, Ned, it was easy for me in that mm. moment. Um, it was, it was at a time in life where I'm going to, I'm going to say some stuff that, I don't know. Maybe people don't know about it. If my kids hear this, they may not. They they may wow. Dad. I was doing a lot of drugs during that time. A lot of cocaine. I was drinking a lot of alcohol. You know, <laughs> life was crazy. And I knew that something had to change, but I wasn't strong enough to actually do it. Hmm. Um, and I'm not saying God took the people out of my life as far as like Pops and Jerome and like all the other people I buried throughout life. Um, to like wake me up. But in that moment, that's exactly what I believe. Like, I don't, I struggle still with losing pops to this day. Um, my kids struggle with that. Like that was a very traumatic experience. I wouldn't be here right now talking to you if that event never happened. And I believe that with my whole heart. So if I believe in God, which I do, I believe in Christ. I'm like that was his plan for some reason, right? I don't know I don't know if it was other reasons outside of the what it did for my life, but I know that when I when I drove up on that accident um and it was clear that he was driving drunk, he's not the first person I've buried from drunk driving. Yeah. So it was like it was just that instant kind of woke me up to the point where like shit had to change. Uh, and then six later, six months later, I got my houses raided and <laughs> shit really went down. Um, you know, I, I was doing things I shouldn't have been doing. Um, the, the way that I was providing for my family at the time, you know, whatever your outlook on life is, that's your opinion. Mine is I provide for my family, period. Uh, I don't believe growing weed is like, this terrible thing uh, to yeah. me, I see it as a culture and I see it all. I've grown up in that culture. Um, so it's not anything bad f- from that aspect. What I was doing with the freedom that that life gave me was what the problem was. Um, so it was, it was one of these things where I just had to like really look at what I was doing and the person that I was like showing my kids that I was, and none of that set well with me in that moment. So I had to make those changes. And it was the one with my daughter is like, I never wanted her to grow up and be with somebody who was like me. Like I was, I was, I always loved my kids. I always loved my family, but I I was a pretty shitty person for Mm. a lot of years of my life. Um, in a sense of like, I just didn't give a shit. I didn't, not, not about my kids. Like, come on. Like that's, let's, let's erase that. Right. Yeah, outside but I, of family, outside of family, I didn't give a shit what people thought about me. I didn't give a shit. If I woke up the next morning, there was a period of my life where I didn't think I'd ever see 30. Mm-hmm. And when you have kids and you're thinking like, God, just let me see 30. Like what has to happen for right. you to wake up? Right. You know? Right. Uh, man. I love what you said though. You know, that, that everybody's special. 
And there yeah. is this there is this moment of like I don't fully understand because you said it. I still don't. I still wrestle with pops. Totally right. Because on one hand, I believe that God does all that God can use all things. Let's totally. not say He does all things, but He can totally. use all things for His good. Absolutely. And in those moments, what He did was good for you. Yeah. And you see it. It doesn't make sense, and you're not saying He's the one who did it to pops. Yeah. So. There's this, but for me, that doesn't lead to discouragement of like, oh, it doesn't make, it leads to like wonder and wow, you care about me that much. You're going to use all that. Yeah. Like, and he, and there's probably other people that he touched through that, but he cares enough about each of us individually that totally he'll move just for us. He will. Oh, dude. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to jump to another question. It's all good, man. (laughs) Okay. And you've said a few things, um, but but maybe <clears throat> what's something that you learned about yourself? And this could be at any stage, you know, so in being a father, you know, I mean, you grew up being a father, mm-hmm. right? Totally. So I think that, you know, when you're with other human beings, you are confronted with yourself, yeah. right? In a, in a marriage, in a relationship, yeah. you're confronted with yourself and then you respond. So when you have kids and you have two kids, so you probably see things about yourself you like and you don't like in each of your kids. Totally. And then they bring things up inside of you, either through conflict or whatever. So yeah. what are things you've learned about yourself in being a father? Um, that I'm very relentless for the things that I want for my family. Hmm. Um, and that I will do whatever I have to do for my family. But I want to dig into that for a minute because it's not because I know you a little. When you say that, that's not like my kid is definitely going to have the best car driving up on their seat. Oh, yeah. It's not materialistic. Yeah. So then tell me (laughs) what it is because I think sometimes in our world, that's what we jump to. My kid is definitely going to live in the nicest house on the street. My kid is definitely going to have, you know, and I think those are some of the things we fall into. So when you say you're relentless, because you said something, you know, 20 minutes ago about giving your kids opportunity. Yeah. Even with that, you're talking about life. And for you, life is separate than material. Totally. So what does it mean to be relentless with your kids? What are you trying to give them? Or what are you giving them? Not trying to. Um, The strength to believe in themselves. And the courage to follow through on what they believe in. Um, that's what I mean by relentless. Because material belongings, they come and they go. Hmm. They're not permanent. I don't care how much money you have. That doesn't make who you are. I don't care if you have a Ferrari or if you drive a Pinto. If you value life or fatherhood purely on the material belongings that you can provide for your family, you're missing the point. Uh, for me, it's, it's about the human being they are going out into the world. I want to be relentless with them in the fact that being good quality human beings is better than any dollar amount in your bank account you could ever acquire. And I'm relentless about that. Like, I don't care about money. I used to. I don't care about nice things. I used to. And I thought that's what made me a good parent. Um, and it doesn't. Showing your kids you believe in them, showing your kids you will support them, and showing your kids that you will be there no matter what is more what I mean by relentless than anything else. Mm. Um, Dude, I love it. And I think even digging into it is 
your kids saw the work you did on yourself. Yeah. They, they saw the relentless you deciding to believe in yourself, not for yourself, but for your higher calling of your role as a man, as, as a father and everything. Yeah. So like as much as that lesson is a struggle, who it's shaped them to be, whether you fully see it now or not, I don't know, but I'm sure is significant. They, they do a really good job at um, telling me that stuff, I mm. guess. Um, my daughter was young to where she doesn't remember some of the stuff I've mentioned on this podcast. Uh, in fact, I don't think she will ever listen to this. Not ever, but not right now. Yeah. She, she, I want to break those things to her myself. Uh, but my son lived through it. JMO remembers all of that stuff. Um, and he's also seen the work that I've put in to get us back to right now. And he references it a lot. Dude, which is badass because he's 18. Like yeah. you, you, this week, he's becoming a man. Totally. And he's, I mean, you put 20 years into this. Let's just, yeah. or, you know, yeah. you know, 20 years into this that he's seen because totally. it's been all of it. And so he's 20 years into it. Like he's taken what you've given him yeah. through watching you. That, and that's and, huge. And this is, this is what... I think all of that adds up to for him is he's not even 18 years old yet. He'll be 18 this weekend. So I say he's 18. Um, He's already has a full-time job lined up. He already has um, a college. It's not a college, but it's a trade school that he's going to in December. He's not your typical 18 year old kid that just wants to go off and, you know, ha- live off mommy and daddy for the next three years until we get sick of it and tell him it's time to grow up. Right. Like he is ready to go work his ass off and he is ready to provide for himself. He's ready to get out there. And, um, as a father, like when you get to that point where you look at your son and you're like, holy shit, <laughs> the kid's a man. Yeah. Uh, and all that kid wants to do is go to work. <laughs> it's like, well, I guess I guess in hindsight, all of the trials and all of the tribulations and all of the headache and the stress and like the pull out your hair moments are worth it. Yeah. Because you can rest in the feeling that as a parent, no matter how hard it was, you never gave up for one. Your kids know that for two. Yeah. And your kids are going to be successful human beings in life on a sense of how they treat other people, not what they can accumulate through this world. Because at the end of the day, none of this shit goes with us to the next life. Yeah, We don't store up treasures on earth to take with us to heaven. The only treasure that we store on earth is our relationship with Christ. And that's what gets us to heaven. And so like for me as a father watching him and watching like his life blossom and like his, you know, when we talk his dreams and his aspirations and like his willingness to just be like a hard worker and, and, and go after life with, with his arms wide open. Um, that's fatherhood for me, man. Mm. Uh, I, I'm not the perfect father, never have been, probably never will be, but in my kids' eyes, I was really great. Yeah. So um, I think like f- for other fathers who may be struggling, who may just want to give up, I've been there. I- I've wanted to give up. And then I've thought about life without my kids, and I've thought about my kids' lives without me. 
Ooh. And you have to think about that shit. Dude, that's a that's a great way to put it, right? Because I think some dudes could be like, think about their life without their kids and they're okay to live in misery or totally. live sedated. Yeah, they go out, they drink all the time, yeah, they, they then, numb the pain, right? They numb right? the misery, but to think about your kids <laughs> without you or think about your kids with some of their dude that they look to as more of a father figure than you. Yeah, do you like, not care dude, about that? <laughs> like, you do. Yeah. That's the thing is, I know you do. Totally. Like innately, there is nothing else that matters. Nothing. Nothing is going to bring you more fulfillment. So it's like, you're just saying, dig into that. Go yeah. freaking fight for that. Yeah, the you work have in. to. I think in today's society, like the the breakdown of the fabric of family it's apparent all around us. It's obvious if you open your eyes to totally. it. Totally. Sure. Like don't, this has nothing to do with kids who are raised only by their mom or kids who are raised only by their dad or whatever in between the, the value that family puts on children going, growing up, you can't replace that with anything else. Uh, so if you don't have mom and dad in the same household, it's going to be hard on that kid already are you trying to make that kid's life harder by being a piece of shit? Mm. Like your kid didn't choose to be born. You chose to have your child. So choose to be a father because yep. you made the choice to bring that kid into the world and stop looking at your kid as a burden because your kid is looking at you for guidance. That's all your kid wants. And I think what would happen if you live that life thinking your kid's a burden you're going to wake up one day and the kid's going to be gone. Yeah. And you're going to be like, oh shit, I missed it. I missed it. Now I know what's most important. Totally. And I missed it. Dude, I've been in my kids' lives from the day they were born. And with my son being 18, I feel like that right now. There's stuff I missed. Hmm. I, I was there and any, like, you know, half the time, whatever you want to call it, but you still miss time. And that's the one thing you can never buy back. Like none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. None of us are guaranteed to go another minute in life. Yeah. So if you go on through life and you just think, oh, my kid will be there tomorrow. I'll, I'll do better job tomorrow. Why don't you just start doing that better job today? And I think it's, I agree with you. And I think it's also really cool that you made a comment that you and your son's relationship is pure trust. Totally. So the idea that your kid's 18 now and your kid's graduating it's just a new chapter of your relationship with him. Yeah. You know? And so I think if parents are listening, they're like, well, my kid's too old or my kid's an adult or whatever. It's like, it's never too late to go and invest in that. It's going to take a lot of work. It's never possibly, too late. But it's yeah. never too late. Well, that's the other thing too, is like people are not willing to work for things that they want. And, and that's, you know, take away all the other thing, but bring it back to just the kids. Like, are you not willing to work for your kids and not like go to work, like, you know, have a job, make money, pay bills, but like work for your kid to be a better human, be an example for them, do the right thing. Don't be an example where, you know, like your kid looks, Oh, dad's at the bar again, or dad's doing this again, or mom's at the bar again. Like if your kid thinks that you're at the bar or out with your friends more than you're with him or her, you probably are. Yeah. Like your kid's not going to think that just for no reason. And then your kid's going to start thinking that that shit's more important than them. And now all of a sudden you have a kid growing up with a lot of fucking issues and look where we're at look with around. that stuff, you know, um, fatherhood in any capacity is better than no father in any capacity. Like if, if, even if, even if your kid knows that mom and dad don't get along, 
but dad is fighting or mom that's is the fighting. Is there, is there working at, because that's the, the reality is life is, life is hard. Hella hard. Life is hard. <laughs> so I think your kids need to see that yeah. you're putting that fight in. Yeah. And be willing to be willing to walk through that fire for them. Dude, which I think goes back to you talking about giving your kids life, not material stuff. Because I think in a in in some ways we're in an age where we want to make our kids life. Well, one we protect our kids way yeah, too much. Totally. We create this utopia that's not real. Yeah. So that's why you see like wealth and stuff maybe skip generations because these kids thought life was all just easy. Totally. And it's not. And it's like giving your kids life is letting them see that it takes work. And really, the work at the end of the day, if I just yeah, I'd love to go, you know, golf or fish or snowboard or do something for the day. But that's like a reward for <laughs> yesterday's hard work. Yeah, totally. Otherwise, it doesn't mean shit to me. Totally. And so, you know, as you talked about your son, like the excitement in your voice about him going to work, it's not necessarily this like blue collar, we just, you know, work at the, you know, the factory our whole yeah. life. It comes from this is life. And if you go show up and you're, giving back to the world you're a part of you know making the world better that's what we're talking about yeah here. yeah absolutely dude i um i fully believe in my heart that you could strip everything away from my family take it all like cars houses properties whatever barbell Ooh, that's a tough one. I might <laughs> hold on to that a little bit more. Uh, you could take my house. Don't take my gym. <laughs> um, but take all that stuff. And like, what are you left with? You're left with your family. You're left with the people that will be there for you no matter fucking what. And excuse my language, but I got people who have been with me through all of this stuff that we've referred to on this podcast They've never batted an eye, and, and and that's what family is to me. And none of this, you could put me in a shack in the middle of nowhere, and I will be perfectly okay because I know my family still loves me and has my back. Man, I almost think that we need to rethink the way that our weeks are set up, the way that yeah. our lives are set up. Yeah. I think that if you were to strip some some of the stuff away, like all the busyness, like even if you just take a month or take some time and strip it all away and see what's there. Totally. And and would you like what's there? And if not, then that stuff's in the way of what matters most. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's fatherhood. Parenthood is, is one of those things where you have to be willing to, to really like, get down to the core of what matters most, right? Like your kids don't care what kind of truck you drive. Your kids don't care about what my kind kids of hate my Prius. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's be real. <laughs> if they had to make an actual choice, yeah, they're no. taking dad. Of course. You know what care. I'm saying? They don't, they don't care. care. Yeah. Um, I think that's where we have to get back to. Agreed. I think we have to get back to showing family values to our kids. Mm. I think we have to get back to, Showing our children what it means to earn a living, um, no matter if you're self-employed or not. Like for me, it was when I was when I was growing up. My mom and my old man, um, they had six kids together, four boys, two girls. 
Uh, and then they split up when but I. But let's break down how close yeah. are those? How close are those? Uh, my those youngest are... brother's thirty-eight, and my oldest brother's forty-four. Yeah, so, there's... so there's a that was a tough that was a tough yeah, season it was, of life. It was hell. Um, <laughs> I don't remember a lot of like when my mom and my old man um, were together because I was I was a child. I was literally an infant when they mm. got divorced. Um, but I grew up in my old man's house um, after. Everything settled after the dust of the divorce settled between my parents. Uh, we ended up coming back, <clears throat> living with my dad. And I think like the second or third grade. Um, and all I can remember was my dad being gone at work. And like me and my brothers, I don't want to say fend for ourselves because it's not like we were fatherless or parentless. My old man worked seven days a week to put food on the table, to put a roof over our head and whatever clothes we could come up with. That's yeah. what we wore, right? Um, I knew really quickly when I had Jameson or when, when Nikki and I had Jameson uh, that I did never wanted to be a construction worker in my life. Uh, and the reason why I didn't want that field of work was because how much I didn't see my dad. Right. Um, my dad is like my hero. So I don't want this to sound like disrespectful towards him. I don't want anybody to get the wrong impression of what I'm trying to say, but he wasn't there in a sense of like on a, he was gone from 5 a.m. in the morning until 7 or 8 p.m. at night, yeah. seven days a week, right? Wow. So, like, how could he keep track of six kids while cell phones didn't exist back then? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you had a you had a fucking phone hanging on the wall that had a cord that stretched. <laughs> like that's where we were that many years ago. So how do you keep track of that many kids then? Like we were we were running off on our own. Um so I made a I made a decision even when I was 21 going through all of the stuff that I was going through. I knew that I was going to be in my kids' lives more than my father was in my life. And that's no disrespect towards my father because he was doing whatever he, he had did, to do yeah, yeah, to raise six sure. kids, right? But I wanted to be that parent that I saw everybody else, like dad dropping kids off at school, dad picking or mom dropping off, whatever it may be, whatever parent. But I wanted that for my kids because I didn't want my fucking kids to end up the same person that I was. Uh, and even as a kid, I had anger issues. I had, you know, aggression. I was beating people up for no good reason. I was in juvenile hall by the time I was 16 for that, for fighting and the anger that I had inside. I mean, all of that spawned from like the, the broken home that I came from. And I don't, I don't want that to sound like I came from like a broken home in a sense of like everything was shit. No, it shaped you and your parents did what they could. Totally. And there's no disrespect to them at all. It's None like, at all. But you, you showed up on your path and you wanted to do it different. Totally. You know, and you even talk about, it's just so cool because you talk about the tension between you and your son at those ages. Yeah. Right. And yeah, yeah it was shitty, but he was fighting against you. Totally. And didn't end up in juvenile hall, right? Because <laughs> yeah. he had an old totally. man at home totally. who was willing to fight with totally. him, you know, whether yeah. that be actually or not. It, I mean, no fist to cuffs, yeah. but we had our, our verbal fights. But that's the thing is there was that pushback that yeah. he got to experience. And yeah. so you took what you had, your path, the best your dad could do and honoring him 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Which then shaped you into who you are. And then 100%. where's your son going to be? And that's what's so rad. You look at. 
your son to you to your dad yep. to what you know whatever his dad was and you see like that's legacy stuff and that yeah. is the path of growth yeah because it can be the opposite right totally. it can be you can pass down <laughs> the same shit to your kid 100% but you decide to change it your son's going to decide to change some things because he's learned to work at life yeah. like you decide and that's what your dad did too totally he's like i'm going to go to work and this is how i have to go to work to absolutely. feed this family absolutely and he made he made no apologies for it either, which I respect. And I think that's a it. that's important to say. Yeah. Because it's like I am a man and I'm doing what God put in my hand, whether yeah. I'm fully acknowledging that or not, I'm taking care so that if one day I stand before a creator and they say, What did you do with what I put in your hand? Yeah. I can say, Well, this is what I did. I yeah. like sh- I showed up. Yeah. I showed up with the tools I had. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's where it was, man. I, uh, I I made that commitment to be in my kid's life no matter what. And, and that caused a lot of like blowback, obviously. Like I had to become self-employed. Um, I, I wasn't like in this false sense of reality where I could just not have right, a source right. of income and like raise my children. Now, did I get involved in it? Listen, we could go down that road for sure, but... I was willing to do whatever I had to do and I wasn't going to apologize to anybody for it to raise my kids the way I wanted to raise my kids and the way I felt God wanted me to raise my kids. And I left it at that. Um, and, and, and here I am 18 years later, self-employed with a business that does pretty well. And my kids have never gone a day without me in their life. So um, when it comes down to it, I was willing to walk through whatever hell God wanted me to walk through to get to this point. Um, Because I knew that if I was to follow suit in the construction industry, I knew that I wouldn't be in my kids' lives enough. Uh, There was years where I was broke. I had no money. I had, you know, I had to just scrape to get by, but I was in my kids' lives the way that I wanted to be. And I didn't... I will never make an apology for that because my kids are more important than anybody else's opinion to me. Like they're, they can never go a day in their life saying that their dad was never there. Yeah, man. I think it's such a important thing that dads should struggle with and wrestle with. I need to is like the balance of time and money and the belief that is there a tomorrow or not? You know, like how much do I store up, you know, my six months of income or my yeah. this or my that or whatever to sacrifice time? You know, where is that balance of of being with your kids? And I think it's just like you need to take a hard look and go, okay, there's 16 hours a day. My, my brother brought this up on a podcast recently. 16 hours of awake time, roughly. Yeah, totally. Like if you add that all up, how much of that time are you spending with your kids? What does that look like? For me? Is that a question? Well, sure. <laughs> it could be. It's, it's to um, you. But, uh, but just generally yeah. speaking, for dads to consider. You have to consider it, right? Because your time is limited and you're not promised tomorrow. I mean, this is something that I think society takes for granted right now. We all believe we get to live another day. No, you don't. You don't make that decision. Like your life is over when your life is over. Mm. No matter what stress you have right now, that doesn't guarantee you another day of life. No matter what you're dealing with right now, that isn't going to like you you have to decide what you want to do today knowing that there may never be a tomorrow. 
And then what's priority when you can look at both of those on a scale, right? Like, I don't know. I would much rather like everybody has their own opinion on life. But for me, I would much rather spend time with my family than work my ass off to put more money in the bank account. Yeah, I just don't care about money enough to want to trade the hours of my life for a big bank account when my kids are wondering where their dad was. Yeah, it's not worth it to me. And and the world has society thinking that material belongings and houses and cars and like you know your kid has a brand new Mercedes and he's sixteen or she's <laughs> sixteen. Like, what the hell are you doing? First of all, she's probably going to wreck that car or the kid's going to drive it off the off the edge, you know, uh, maybe go into a ditch or whatever. I don't think that's teaching kids the value of like life just by giving them material belongings. Like what is that what we attached ourselves to as society is like the more we can hoard, the more like successful we are in life. I don't I don't I, I may have used to believe that. Yeah, I don't anymore. I had. I had a pretty <laughs> So that's your rebellion, man. You you have rebelled against that. I had and this I actually answered this in the email I sent you. Um I rebelled against not being a father. If that makes sense. Mm. Like it's so so normal to not be a dad these days, right? Like you see a lot of kids growing up without a father. I rebelled against that. There was nobody that was going to stop me from being a father to my kids. I don't care what it looked like. Um my daughter's mom and I have known each other almost our whole lives. We grew up on the same road in Lake of the mm. Pines together. We've had our issues and we've had our shit storms. Um, but that's that's just part of the journey. Like we've been able to get to a point where it is just about raising your children. And it is just about the time and the love and the encouragement and the support and the, 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 all of those non-materialistic things, that's what matters to kids the most. You can see it in their eyes. If you ever have gone on a vacation or maybe you go out of town for work or maybe you, you have to go weeks on end without seeing your kids, they don't ask you what you got for them when they first see you. They ask for a hug. They ask for some love, right? They want to give their dad or their mom a hug because they just went so long without seeing them. Or maybe it was a day. Maybe it was a month. I don't know. They don't give a shit about like what car you're driving up when you first get to see them. They just care that you're there and they want to, sh and they want you to show them that they matter. So like, I mean, I'm just thinking about, you know, when your kids are little and you get home from work and they like run up and they're so yeah, pumped totally you know and i and i know some of it's like they go to middle school and like you know at a certain point my daughters didn't want me to kiss them on the lips anymore yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. but i wonder if we're <laughs> able to dig into that piece and and hold off on the material stuff so much that that would stay longer yeah like that innocence like our kids are growing up too fast so that innocence of like i just want to be with dad and it doesn't matter what we're doing sometimes totally. i think we're the ones who make it Got to save up for Disneyland trip, which is kick ass. Like, go do that. 100%. But that can't be the thing. Your kid's going to probably remember getting donuts on a Friday morning every morning before yeah. school on Fridays yeah. better than going yeah. to Disneyland. Right? So it's those those regular totally. time that you're giving your kids and to put prolong the, that. Put the effort into your kids, right? Like, show them that they're worth your time. How, how often do we as parents oh, sheesh, not man. buy things for them, but actually show them 
that they are worth your time. Time is one resource that can never be replaced. You can't buy more of it. You can't get it back and you can't like, you know, you just, you get what you get. So if, if you have a child and, and you're raising this kid, show them what they mean to you by giving them your time. Because if they see you just going to work all the time and then giving them things, they look at, they start to get, they start to grow in the, in the thought that like life is just about giving people material belongings. So now they're going to go out into the world and they're going to treat the world the same way that, 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 that got. And, and it's like, those things really don't matter. When they're it empty. Comes to they are, it's right? It's empty. Yeah. We're like teaching how, emptiness. Right. So like you gave them a car. Well, now what do you have to give them the next time you give them something to make sure that they know that you love them, right? Like, I don't ever want, I never had it from my parents, um, but I never got like the material belongings for shows, for for them showing they loved me, right? Uh, I know my dad loved me just because he was willing to sacrifice life yeah. to make Straight us up. have something. Um, my dad didn't get remarried. Uh, he got remarried while I was young. Um, but once that marriage didn't work out, he stayed pretty single for the majority of the rest of our childhood. Uh, and then he is remarried now, but, but he I, just, he just went, he to, went work. to work. He just, he just went to work. Like nothing else mattered. Right. Mm. And, and that's, that's kind of like where I've been able to morph my own view on life and family was Nothing else matters yeah. to me other than my time that I'm putting in, whether it's with my kids or whether it's with my wife or whether it's with just like my family in general. Um, I spent so many years like wasting my time on dumb shit that I refuse to to waste my time on those same things now. Like my time is strictly spoken for from the people in my family. If, you know, I, I don't go to bars anymore. I don't stay up all night anymore. I don't, I'll drink some beer every now and then, but I don't, I don't get drunk. I don't go down that road. Um, I mean, I would even say, you know, last week we were going to do the podcast, right? And you, you hit me up. You're like, Hey, my daughter, I actually have her yeah. this week. So can we move it to next yeah, week? I just won't, I won't <laughs> sacrifice it. Yeah. And I mean, even for that, like you put it at the tip top, right? Totally. To say, oh, I'm going to go on a podcast and talk about fatherhood seems like Oh, that would be an okay thing to cancel out on you on a Tuesday night. Yeah. But to put her at the uppermost priority level, yeah. I think is a testament to it truly is no matter what comes across the plate. I'm going to yeah. show up for work. Totally. I'm going to create a schedule so that I can be here for you. Yeah. Dude, Seth, um, man, I just have loved talking fatherhood with you. There are questions I didn't ask, but if I bring them up. We've clearly we've clearly spoken to them like what do we rebel and what do we rebel yeah. against and what are we creating out of that what is the legacy like I don't even have to ask you the legacy question because it's like you answered it this whole thing like it's it's every day that you show up to life yeah and let your kids see it because yeah. you're transparent about it is the legacy that you're gonna because this I'm answering for me spending an hour with you that totally. in twenty years. That's what you want to see is your kids showing up to life, yeah. not selfishly and, yeah. and putting the work in, not for just themselves, but yeah. for whatever's put yeah. in their care. Absolutely. And dudes, like you shared that whole thing in the last hours, like the way that you're living your life is a legacy that's going to continue to pass down your family line, Yeah, which yeah. is dude, like <laughs> imagine 500 years from now, nobody even remembers 
Yeah. Right. It's totally. like the work is just going to keep getting, keep going. Right. It's like a, it's like a pro- chain. Pro- you just pro- keep progress, linking those man. chains. Yeah, no, this, this has been cool. I, to be honest with you, Ned, I've never sat and actually talked about like just what parenthood means to me. Um, it's a it's a good conversation to have yeah. with you. I've enjoyed it, and I'm sure we could go down some serious rabbit holes and some serious conversations that we weren't able to get into tonight, but um, this has been an awesome experience. Yeah, man, I think that the beauty of it is that myself, like I learned a lot. Yeah. Dudes listening can have like a window into like really into your soul, like into who you are and then go take that because like you made a comment, you know, you didn't want your daughter to marry you and how it all matters and we're all connected. But it's like, it's important for me and you to have this conversation and other dudes because my daughter could marry your son one day. Totally. And so like it better effing matter to me how you show up for your son, (laughs) how I show up for my daughter. hundred percent. Right. So it's like us men and fathers start to think that way and start to show up for our kids for like our family line. Cause we're all going to say, Oh yeah, my family line matters. Oh really? Like let's make sure other dudes are stepping up to who they're supposed to be. And that's what this is all about for me. That's why I do this, even though it's, it's, it's another thing. This isn't about, anything other than I think that fatherhood can change the world. I agree with you 100%. Um, on that note, I think that, you know, speaking to the, maybe the, the fathers that are listening, uh, we all, we all as father and fathers and men have to understand that like we have to be willing to be that example for our children. And we have to be willing to make whatever sacrifices and changes in life that have to happen to make that possible. And if we aren't at an age where we can maturely make that decision, if you don't have kids, maybe it's not time to have kids yet. But if you do have kids already and you're starting to, you know, maybe they're getting older, maybe your kids aren't as old as mine. Um, But as long as you're willing to start and do whatever it takes for however long it takes, your kids will see that. And no matter what age they are, in time, they will respect all of that. And that will guide and shape mm-hmm. them into the people that you hope your kids to to be when they grow up. But it's not going to happen if all they see is you fucking off. And yeah. excuse my language. No, but, but that's the reality. But that's the reality of it. Your kids will grow up emulating what they see from their parents period. And the stuff that you expose them to or let them be exposed to, right? Because maybe maybe it's not just you. Maybe you have some friends who you always hang around with and your kids are always there and they're pieces of shit. They're still seeing that. So you have to be willing to sacrifice everything for your kids. And if you're not, you need to have a conversation with yourself about getting your shit together for somebody that's more important than yourself. Because mm. we would all say it, yeah. but it's about going and doing it. Yeah. Or be about it. Don't talk about it. Yeah. If if yeah. all you do is talk about it, I don't want anything to do with you. If if I had to like if if I had friends or acquaintances and all they ever did or all they ever said was how they want to be this good example for their children and they never actually put in the work to do it, 
hey, I'm not going to hang around you very much anymore. Yeah. I'm at an age in life where I don't, I don't have time for that kind of stuff. You can't. No. You can, no. Or you're pissing away the time that matters. Yeah. And, and, you know, and back to the fathers listening, maybe you're a younger father. Maybe you're at that point that I was eight years ago. Maybe you're struggling with trying to figure out what in the hell you're supposed to do with life. You can make it really simple on either side. Draw a line in the sand and put on one side of it or on a piece of paper, whatever, one side of it, all the things that take you away from being a good parent. Mm. And on the other side, write down or think about all the things that put you towards the person you want to be as a parent. And then what are you willing to do to be the other, the good one, right? You can't do both. You can't do both. I learned that the hard way. You have to be able to draw a line in the sand and choose which path you yeah. want to go down. Yeah. And if you're not willing to make that, have your kid give me a call. I'll hang out with them. Yeah. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Dude. Seth, man, thank you for taking the time to be on the podcast. Thank you for the work that you do every day on yourself, the way that you share it with the world around, the way you love your wife, the way you love your kids, the way that you bring people into your world and treat them and love them like family so that they will then in turn do that with those. And uh, man, I'm excited for you. Your son's turning 18. He's graduating. <laughs> what a killer week just right? to be celebrating you as well. Thank you. For the last 18 years of what you've done. Thank you, Ned. Uh, Appreciate that. For your family, bro. So, yeah, so no, thank you. Thank you. This has been awesome. Thank you for having me on. Um, this has been an experience. Friends, was that incredible or what? I literally just on the edge of my seat, soaking up Seth's stories, soaking up his passion, and soaking up his humility to leave people, places, and things better than he found them, and to be himself. But to be himself, not in a selfish manner, but to be himself so that he can best serve those around him, like really embracing his life, embracing his story, embracing all that life has given him and shaped him, and then showing up with those things to help other people on their path. Seth is truly a guide, not living in the limelight, wanting to come alongside people wherever they are in their path with zero judgment, total humility. And I just, I know you hear that too, like, as I sat with him, I just heard that and I felt it and I admire that and I want to grow into that. And I think what Seth would say is that it isn't an arrival. There isn't a destination. It is a journey that he's on to continuously be the person that can show up for those around him. And I know you heard that in his passion and I just love the conversation, love the dude that he is. Thank you to all you dads out there listening to Rebel and Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. What you do matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned. Shout together. Let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in mastering the craft of fatherhood. If you haven't already, please take a moment and write a review of the podcast. Help spread the word that fatherhood matters and share the podcast with a friend and go follow us on Instagram so you can stay in tune with all things Rebel and Creator are up to. I look forward to talking to you next time.